Welcome to this, the first of two special episodes of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast, hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. Recorded live at the Hotel and Resort Tech Expo back in October 2023 in front of an audience, I welcome Danny Piccarelli, James McComas, Tracy Hsu and the IOH's very own Robert Richardson to chat through how today's technology trends impact the hospitality industry of tomorrow. Despite the limited time, we got through a lot, as well as some great questions from the audience, so a huge thank you to all our panel members for giving up their time. The second of these chats, same questions but a different panel, will be aired in February, but for now, we hope you enjoy. We're a bit tight on time, as you know, so we're just going to get stuck into this. If there's appetite for a, a Q&A at the end, just give me a show of hands as we kind of get to the, the back end of this and we can maybe put it to the floor. So, a very open question to kick things off, and I'll come to you, Robert, because you're immediately to my right. How do you see emerging technologies shaping the hospitality industry over the next decade? I knew you'd come to me first. Um, so just some context. Uh, it's well known that our businesses are suffering from talent shortages at the moment. Technology is ever-evolving, so there are newer and better-improved systems. I think to answer your question, how we will see things evolve in the future is a lot of our foundations will be replaced with systems. So as example, there's a lot of very good software out there for hotels that will manage rate, manage uh, wastage, manage labor. So a lot of our the foundations of our business will be dynamically managed by AI and various POS systems, leaving us to work on the customer experience. Very good. Danny, have you got any experience um, in here? I'd say definitely the customer and the staff journeys have changed a lot. So we really need to think about how the, the journeys differ because there's high touch, low touch, digitalization. I'm sure we'll talk about under sustainability. So yeah, I think that's the main impact. Although I would say I don't think the change is as fast as we, we think it is. There's a lot of stuff out there about these huge changes, but they're coming, but they're not like a freight train. Yeah, is it one of those things whereby it, it's, it's like this shiny new thing, so everybody goes, oh, we have to kind of jump on this, and then, but actually maybe you're better just to kind of wait and see how it goes. I, I, I think there's a balance, right? We need to be cognizant of the impact on it. So the staff journey, you know, the the, the digitization of, of uh, how they interact with you, how how we communicate, how, how it's self-service. So you need to understand, but you also need the technology enabled within your own operations to be able to do that. And that's not a quick thing always. Yeah, James. There's uh, two parts to, to the answer for that. I think in terms of where the technology is going to go, we're going to see a lot more engagement with technology helping us to run the physical assets of our properties, uh, whether you look at that from a sustainability point of view, whether you're looking at it from a more uh, cost-saving point of view, being able to use your energy and your fuel more efficiently in your boilers, etc., that, that sort of thing. That being said, as, as Danny's just alluded to, the pace of implementation uh, you know, across an industry that's as, as vast and wide-ranging as ours, it, it's not going to be at, at the drop of a hat you know, you have your uh, early adopters who will, will take stuff on and it, it fits into certain properties um, a lot easier than it will fit into others. So it's going to take, take a while for, for this to, to come through. And what we may well see or what we do see 
is the technology advancing quicker than it can be implemented? Yeah, sure. Tracy, anything to add to that? Thank you. Uh, and I feel like, as many of you mentioned, that uh, technology can enhance the efficiency of the organizations. However, it also can like replace many of the workforce. So I would say that it has two sides. It has the bright side, increase the efficiency, also the dark side, maybe the replace of the workforce. So uh, we need to really uh, balance the uh, balance the use of the technology and I think that we should treat the technology as the enabler it can enable us to do more to do work more efficiently rather than the replacer thank you yeah I mean I think it's one of those things whereby it's here and we're, we're obviously talking widely about staffing problems in in the industry at the moment mm -hmm. seems like we're on the right trajectory to try and get around that but can technology and in all of its forms, help us kind of fill in the gaps a little bit? Anybody? Yeah, I believe so. Technology can fill us in many gaps. So for example, the AI um, chatbots can help us to like uh, ma make our customers feel more, feel that they can talk to somebody. So it has some uh, emotional connection. Uh, and I feel that uh, technology can really fill many of the gaps in the hospitality industry. I, I think it's important we, recognize what technology can do and what technology should do or, or will do is, is not, it's not a single sort of answer to the, to the question. Fundamentally, we're, we're in the, the industry of hospitality, we're in the industry of service, and yes, technology may well be able to replace humanity to a certain extent, but the environment that you're in is gonna be key to, to whether or not that technology is successful, I think. You know, if you imagine a city environment where efficiency is key and a guest in front of you is there because they necessarily have to be, they're there for a meeting or they're there because their boss is paying for them to be there or, or whatever, that's very different to a guest who's in front of you because they want to be there, because they're escaping the children for a weekend or they're there to celebrate something or they're there for a romantic weekend where efficiency isn't a key driver personality is a key driver and engagement is a key driver and the memory is a key driver and that at the moment is is a bit of a stumbling block I think with our acceptance of technology and, and its development I, I, I think this point about it depends what your customers expectations are and the different journeys that they're taking so to your point a meeting client you know actually they want a cardless contactless check-in they don't necessarily want but I'm, I've got Michelin-starred restaurants. They want a real person to cook a real meal, and they're buying that experience, to your point. And then to Tracy's point about technology being an enabler, it, it should be an enabler. I've got a, a Michelin-starred pastry chef who's um, using a 3D printer to actually enhance her offering, so she creates these amazing 3D chocolate sculptures that she couldn't have done without technology, but the customer is buying that creativity. It's just that creativity delivered, enhanced, enabled by technology. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's the, the whole purpose of, especially within a luxury environment, is you kind of, you're almost always having to reimagine what luxury is anyway, with or without technology. So technology just comes in and adds value to that. In, in some instances, and in some instances you've got to analyze it and go, well, 
actually, that's not what, what my guests are need or are looking for. So it's, I think I've come back to your point, Tracy, around it's finding the balance, like everything, I guess. Uh, Robert, as a, a membership body head, how do you implement the best practice when it comes to technology in terms of how it then impacts a membership body? I think our purpose is education. So as example, why we're here today, I see our role with technology as leading by educational example. So looking at the benefits, I think you have to keep in mind technology to my panelists' um, points is a useful tool but a lousy master. There's no point in having it for the sake of having it, but if it can enhance what you're doing. So at the Institute, we've become a lot more digitally friendly. We're talking about AI systems at the moment, but equally it can come in more simple forms. So if you become a member, you have a membership badge. We're now looking at 3D printing them. And that's something you couldn't do a few years ago. But in terms of cost, because we go through a lot of them a year, there's a significant saving. So it's a fantastic tool doing something we didn't actually think of. Not that it wasn't possible, we just didn't think of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've got to move on to, we were talking before we switched the microphones on out there about, around sustainability, which is obviously a major part. Everybody just hands the microphone to Danny here. Um, you are the undoubted king of sustainability when it comes to the pioneering influence of what you're doing in the hotel space. So how is technology playing a part in that part of, of the business? Uh, so uh, hugely in every, every aspect. So to keep it a, a brief, a digitalization. So the digitalization of the, the customer experience, be it we used to deliver, you know, you take a typical Sunday 10 years ago, I'd have stacks of Sunday times arriving. Now we give a much better offering to our customer, but they can have 400 magazines and newspapers, but it's digitally delivered. Um, I think James's point about, you know, the, the energy and, and the tech behind that, that we can be much more carbon efficient using technology. The technology, we're doing a really interesting building project at the moment, and um, the, the tech is designed a root pile that is basically tree houses on uh, stilts, but the tech has worked out. We don't have to pour any concrete. It's a, a sort of geological survey combined with a, a some um, amazing calculation so we've got aluminium piles in the ground at various angles that means we don't have to pour concrete into the ground to build a physical building so I think carbon hugely in every aspect supply chain hugely as well in terms of waste um, distribution of waste I'll stop there otherwise though <laughs> it could go on all day it's, I suppose it's You've got to have an inquisitive mind with this then, uh, I suppose. And especially, you probably got here because of that exact reason in terms of you wanted to do something that was a, a not maybe not been seen before, but would make a positive impact on the business that you have. So is that then the best way to look at tech and anything that's coming into to whatever space within your business? It's just kind of go into it a bit wide-eyed and just be inquisitive about it. A hundred percent and be really clear about which bit of tech you want to adopt or maybe the point that was made earlier, there might be a, a, a different time to jump on it because it might not be 
ready or you might we might not be ready as an organization which is quite an important part of it as well yeah absolutely james you were talking earlier on around the because you you're at the helm of quite an old building so how the hell do you implement all of the available options that are out there into an environment whereby you might have you well, we were talking again before not level floors you know if you want to implement a, a robot to come and deliver towels or something like that how do you how do you even go about that in the first place thinking about tomorrow well it, it, to pick up Danny's point and, and your question it's being inquisitive and, and open to a accepting the fact that not all solutions are going to be suitable for for you and the property I, Danny and I had a conversation probably 18 months ago two years ago about composting you know and, and rocket composters and, and how amazing it is for sustainability and brilliant it, it wasn't right for for eastwell just just at, at that time of, of being i could have implemented it i could have spent five grand and it it would have looked wonderful for us to splash it across but it wouldn't have had any benefit to the business other than tying up my gardeners a lot so you know it, accepting the fact that a not all solutions are gonna work for you and once you accept that going out and looking at what are the key problems that actually you're facing. Now, wonky floors, as, as an example, okay, am I gonna find a robot vacuum that, that can deal with my wonky floors and the fact I don't have a flat corridor? Probably not, not at the moment. So there's no point in losing sleep about that and chasing something and implementing the best of what is effectively a bad bunch for the sake of saying you are then being sustainable focus on the bits of the business which which you can make an impact on and in my case that's a relatively basic level i.e some some of the bigger bits of plant looking at my AHUs, looking at my boiler systems looking at that sort of thing to make sure that we're making the most efficient use of of our energy there and as i implement them and spend money on that as, as time goes on and the technology improves and progresses i might be able to revisit a robot vacuum in, in another 18 months or another two years time. You definitely got something about a robot vacuum going uh, on, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy, as, uh, as somebody who operates within the academic side of hospitality, yeah. mm -hmm. you're kind of responsible for inspiring hearts and minds for the next generation coming through who want to take on a career in this wonderful industry. So how do you keep abreast of everything that's going on out there because it's so fast-paced that's true in terms of and then how do you relate that into what you deliver in a classroom environment yeah uh, so i teach hr modules um, and in my modules we don't uh, have those technology component in it but i'm trying to like um, teach my students with some of my uh, current research such as uh, the service robots paper that i've done um, and also uh, in, uh, we, we don't teach students to be tech savvy, but we want to make sure that our students are, are technology aware. They need to make, make sure that uh, they have the awareness of technology and have the uh, technology proficiency, like, like know all the terms of, uh, of, of the technology, make sure that they um, are, are aware of all those technology uh, terms and contents. Uh, and also we have many guest lectures coming to our classroom to talk about the future of work. So for example, Robert uh, is our executive in 
residents. So Robert come to our classroom to deliver guest speeches uh, to our uh, students to talk about the future of work. And I also invite all of you uh, in this stadium uh, to if you are interested uh, to deliver a guest lecture uh, about the future of uh, how technology can enhance the hospitality industry, please uh, come to me and we can uh, talk about this and how to engage with our students. Thank Good you. Good plug. Good plug. Get that in yeah. there. Um, I suppose then, is this a thing I'm going to use a complete total stereotype now? The next generations coming through are going to be the most tech savvy generation that's ever existed. Yeah, that's true. So do we actually need to worry about this from a leadership perspective? Are they going to self-manage in this, this space? Are they always going to be inquisitive about what tech is out there? I believe that students, they can teach themselves about tech savvy, but uh, leadership also matters. Leadership will matter uh, in, in terms of uh, training. We can provide training programs to our uh, workforce, to our uh, hospitality employees. Uh, so for example, we can provide some skill development programs uh, to enhance our uh, em employees' um, customer service uh, skills. And uh, for ex uh, other examples include uh, language proficiency, teach other uh, languages, or food service, or the so for example, we can also provide some uh, credentials or certifications to our um, workforce uh, to make sure that they are uh, well-trained. And uh, so for example, like reskilling our employees, okay? So to uh, make sure that they have the skills available to, uh, to serve the customers. And also may maybe we can provide some gamification program uh, in the training programs uh, to, for example, to provide some rewards, badges, or the uh, points to our employees so that they, they can be rewarded if they pass our training program. So leadership also matters and training matters to our employees. Yeah, totally. And I, I suppose you, build, you bring up a really great point around training and development. I mean, is yeah. there an opportunity here as well with all of the capability that we now have to produce good quality training, online True. training, uh, yeah. that that can also help from a resource perspective? Yeah, yeah. So the, you mean the resource perspective? Yeah, just yeah. in terms of uh, you're not actually having to... Uh, like, it's probably a dangerous game to play, but you're not hiring a learning and development manager, just as an example. I'm just throwing ideas out there for the, yeah. the fun of it. But um, you can get a classroom environment on a computer now. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, and that, that, that's why we want our, our guest lecturers to all talk, talk, talk through this. Uh, to, to, uh, and we also want the, the students to go to the job fairs and uh, we invite uh, industry speakers to us so that they can connect and uh, be well prepared for the future. Yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you guys, any of you guys, seeing anything in the L&D space from a, a tech perspective that you think is quite interesting, exciting? I, I, I guess the, the main thing of note with, with training development at the moment is it's a very noticeable shift away from the traditional environment, the traditional training sessions, you know, getting everybody a briefing time around your table for, for, for training or whatever and, and a shift into digitization where people can, can pick it up and you know, they, they watch a, a five minute TikTok video or, or whatever on, on whatever skill it is you're trying to convey and, and that, you know, that's a clear direction. Where that's going to go next, I, I, I don't know. But coming back to the, the point about the, the next generation being 
the most technologically advanced, that's always the case. All the way back to the Roman Empire, the next generation will always be one step ahead of the current generation. You know, Speak so for yourself. <laughs> so engaging them in creating the training materials is, is the most uh, guaranteed way, I guess, to, to success with it. Yeah. I, I do think it's some and some, though, because you know, we digitize um, some of our health and safety training, but we just sent a whole load of team members to Champagne, and that is a, a life experience you can't recreate yeah. digitally. So those guys are going to come back and be engaged and passionate. Uh, but I also say where technology can help is it, within your, your people offering, things like AI and rotors now, you can get more accurate forecasting, but you can also get um, fairness algorithms. So if innately, uh, me as a restaurant manager, and I'm always giving someone a Saturday night for whatever reason, so you can really make sure your employee offering is more equitable, more fair, just through the use of technology. So there's lots of tiny sub-benefits that are creeping in. I love that. And I think it, that's one of those things that whereby you look at it now and, it go, and you go, wow, that's really cool. But in 10 years' time, that's just going to be the norm, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Robert, from a, an education body perspective, what, what are you seeing within, uh, I suppose, within the IOH in terms of what you're doing from a tech perspective to... We've seen a lot of moves onto the virtual platform, but to Danny's point, you can't take away the experience. So sending someone to Champagne or sending someone for a stage in someone else's business is something that will stay with them and inform their own businesses when they come back. Um, I know at my last hotel as GM, we had five sites across the county. So we launched a locked Instagram account and the staff would log onto that account and we would produce little Instagram videos of how to do this and that around the business. And that was really useful. And we've seen over the last couple of years more businesses doing similar. So you don't have to have a huge tech or AI budget to actually move on to a more digital plane. I think it's something that is accessible to a lot of people. And maybe when we approach it, the first thing we see is how much it's going to cost. And it doesn't necessarily have to have that higher cost. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Okay, I'm a little bit conscious of time, but I'd love to open it up to the floor. Does anybody have any questions on anything that we've discussed or anything that's burning in your head for, for our great panel? Hi, um, I work for a sustainable laundry company, Oxwash. So it was great to hear you talk about the sustainable technology and how that um, is having a good influence on the industry. I want you to ask about how do you think we can share knowledge within the hospitality industry because it's great that one hotel will want to invest a lot in technology or invest a lot in sustainable practices. How can we help all of us help each other to share that knowledge so that we can lower the general carbon footprint? I think, I think that innately happens. It's face to face. I mean, we had a, a Zoom call about something. It's... Uh, leading by example and actually I, I, I think it's more about putting a compelling case together so I uh, we happen to be B Corp accredited which is people profit planet and sometimes I'll make a, um, a planet argument with someone sometimes I'll make a profit argument because I know that will get them over the line so I don't know that the, the digital digitally that's the best platform. I think it's more 
this sort of environment or face-to-face -face. so I'm not sure well, technology is the enabler for a lot of it but in terms of communicating it I mean we do have a digital staff comms tool that shares best practice so we have a stream that is called it's a little thing so someone will find a uber sustainable solution to a problem they'll post it and then at the different sites other people will pick it up but that's probably the only area it overlaps um, just following on on the learning and development Fred you mentioned earlier that technology is advancing faster than can be implemented so what role do you see learning development playing in facilitating this transition and how do you as businesses promote the benefits of that operational change okay so for the learning platform uh, I think we should, um, the hotel organizations should uh, invest in some learning platforms such as how to reskill the employees and um, create some contents on this and um, maybe offer some um, credentials and certifications when they um, uh, complete the uh, training program and then uh, um, the organizations may then reward and offer offer some certifications uh, to the employees uh, on their on, the, on their learning so that the employees are engaged are engaged more engaged to do the training programs thank you yeah just quickly would you say there's more of a benefit to formal certifications versus company internal certifications the sorry would you say there's more of a benefit from a learner perspective to receiving yeah. a formal accredited qualification as opposed the to learners. a company accredited um, qualification? So, so I, uh, I talk about the perspective from the learner's perspective, but also from the company's perspective. Uh, if the learners can, can learn all these skills and can learn the skills and um, the capabilities, then it's good for the company as well as, uh, because the uh, companies uh, invest in the employees and the employees feel engaged they will be reinvest they will reinvest to the company as well right so that's uh, uh, two by two yeah so so it's a win-win situation yeah thank you any more questions oh yeah we've got one coming around yep the transition of becoming a more sustainable business is obviously very hard and it's a whole process. So coming from a personal experience, how would you say we can make this process easier of becoming a more green and sustainable business? I, th I think it, it's um, education. The, the, the sustainability journey is so much about education and then it goes back to what we were saying earlier, the right technology you know can technology be an enabler in certain areas can you educate yourself can you educate your teams to make more responsible sustainable decisions but quite often a, 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 a what seems like a really simple decision is is far more complex if I buy a wine from Italy with road transport that might actually be a less sustainable decision from than having something shipped from Australia so you can actually use technology to help you make better decisions on that we use um, as an example Clamato which is a carbon calculator on menus for our conference guests so we're using a digital platform to educate both our our chefs but also our customers and give them choice so they can still order a um, organic beef from down the road versus a plant-based curry for the sake of example but we've enabled them through 
the use of technology to make a conscious choice about the carbon impact of that one dish. Thank you. We have time for one more question, so I think you are the lucky. Thanks, Phil. Uh, hi, my name is Joel. I'm the founder of eMenu. We help um, hotels digitize like Marriott Hotels. Um, my question is around key success factors for a good room service offering digitally. Um, I guess to James and maybe to Robert as well. Um, what do you think are the key success factors to digitize room service? Thank you. Well, I count myself as a retired hotelier, so this is all um, historic. But when we digitized our menus, it was all about service speed. So we did this through the lens of COVID when you didn't want touch points in rooms. So it wasn't so much with a sustainability or efficiency saving in mind. It was more about what was acceptable then. What we did find, however, is we had more engagement. People would come in, they would scan a QR code, they'd actively look at it versus it being something that was just in the room and part of the wallpaper. So we did actually see an uplift in our um, room service offering, which was good. And that obviously has an impact in terms of staffing um, menus, etc. So it's been very, very positive. Yeah. Um, I, I think with, with room service in particular, the, the challenge with digitizing it is getting the message to the right people to then make sure that the order's received and, and delivered quickly. You know, nothing, ultimately nothing at the moment, uh, that I've come across anyway, is as reliable or efficient as a phone call. And so it's all well and good having a, a system in your room where maybe you scan a QR code or, or it's on your TV and you press green to order your chicken Caesar salad or whatever. How is that message getting to where it needs to go? so that the tray is prepped or the bag is prepped or, or whatever and, and the food is made. That's, the, that's always been the, the stumbling block. Um, yeah. Yes, it gets good engagement at the outset, but is it enough to, to make somebody a repeat user if they're there for, say, three or four nights? That's, that's what's got to be overcome. So as long as there's accountability and communication between staff members and customers, that could potentially be better in your in your view yeah 100% okay thank you very much everyone I'm afraid we're gonna to have to wrap that up there but if you've got any more burning questions I'm sure our panel will be happy to stick around for a few more minutes and just catch them in the realm of here uh, but please give it up for our wonderful panel today who very kindly gave a little time thank you very much I mean I mean Today's special of IMN covered how the technology trends of today impact the hospitality industry of tomorrow and featured Danny Peccarelli, James McComas, Tracy Shu, Robert Richardson and hosted by me, Phil Street. A huge thank you must go to the IOH's very own Kim Bailey MIH for coordinating the panels for the show and as always to Sonia Cresswell MIH for the artwork and branding and Leon Williams FIH for the music. To say I'm in and feature on a future episode, contact phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org and to find out more about the Institute of Hospitality or to join our hospitality family, please click the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and join us next time where we'll be exploring the importance of fellowship with some industry legends.